It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we talk about Guy Ritchie's Snatch. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Anything to declare? Yeah. Don't go to England. Podcast, the movie crew podcast, movie makers talking movies. We're your host, I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. Top of the morning to you, Brian. Wait, what? Just top of the morning? No Cockney accent? No London accent? What, what, nothing? All right now. That's my statham. <laughs> Hello, Brian. Uh, How you doing, Brian? I can't do it. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. I'll work on it throughout the show. <laughs> I expect nothing but. And we also have with us a director of photography, Mike Griggs. Oh, uh, you can call me Susan if it makes you happy. Oh, I knew it. Okay, we have director <laughs> of photography, Susan Griggs. Yep. Do we keep the, the same last name? I don't know. Whatever. No, no. <laughs> we also have with us costume designer, Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. Hello. <laughs> and it, it is Listener Request Month. And uh, all right, so uh, I made a little bit of a mistake. Uh, this was from an email. A couple years ago, the re- person, uh, Gavin Collins, uh, requested layer cake. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and That uh, is not the same movie. Well, you can see how I get well, it mixed you know, up in my mind. It's the same mind. movie, okay. you know, from an American uh, point of view. It's the same, right? Wow, yeah. from an American point of view. Uh, gangsters, wow. British people, you know, were subbing out uh, Brad Pitt and, you know, Jason Statham with Daniel Craig there, you know? Matthew yeah, Vaughn no, produced I, both. I have seen layer cake. Basically the same movie, yeah. Yeah, it's the same film. Well, th- and now you're just talking about every Guy Ritchie movie, though. <laughs> That's just a different layer. <laughs> We're going to have our cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, apologies. We should have been doing layer cake. And maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll squeeze it in this month, you know? Possibly. There could be another layer. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Save it for the layer cake podcast. <laughs> oh Everybody loves Snatch. Oh, my God. Oh my God. You know? Like, oh. uh, Oh, you know, so of course. So talking about this the movie, Jared. Of course, or the of euphemism course. in America. I think in this one it means uh, to uh, to grab or to yes, steal. to steal. Yes, it's a pretty classic movie. Have you guys seen this before? Ah, uh, fuck yeah! Who hadn't seen this? Everybody's seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it came out almost twenty five years ago. Actually, I hadn't seen it. It was my first time watching. What? <laughs> All right, first reactions. Come on, I need them. I need them. Uh, generally, you know, it's. Uh, I actually hold on. My very first reaction was with this from the soundtrack, and I was very confused if I was watching Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Which is the fast cutting? I was trying to figure out uh, which one came out first. I didn't bother looking it up, but I couldn't remember which one one was in two thousand. Ocean's Eleven was two thousand one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was right around the same time. I think. No, it's good. It's funny. It's funnier than I expected it to be. I I do remember when this movie came out because everyone was talking about it, and everyone kept saying how you couldn't understand anything that they said, and I had. (laughs) 
the subtitles on just automatically and I was like well, I can totally understand them what what are they talking about and then I think I looked up a clip on the internet and they did not have subtitles and I was like oh yeah actually you cannot <laughs> <understand> <laughs> anything that, that's fair that's fair yeah my that's- second viewing I watched with subtitles just to make sure I got it all <laughs> I, I legitimately tried to turn it on um, to watch it today and my DVD refused to turn them on for some reason. I was like, well, no, that's, okay, that's, that's the DVD. Guy Ritchie refused. He, he would not let him put subtitles under any of the pikeys or jippos <laughs> that they call in the movie. It, it would not <laughs> anybody that had that accent. Really? Yeah. So if you bought the I, DVD, no subtitles. Even when you No, I literally on. couldn't even, it wouldn't even turn on for like any part of the movie. Like it, it I clicked the button oh, and I clicked the other button really? and like none of it worked on my Xbox and I was like, well, wow. oh. that's cool. Well, on I mean, uh, Apple fine, TV but... it says uh it, it'll say like indistinguishable. Oh, when, yeah, 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 that's when, that's when my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> or speaking Russian. So that that was uh, some other <laughs> But mostly it got it right. There were a lot of weird subtitle issues uh, between the different versions. Because I, I was watching the 4K and the Blu-ray. And when Boris the Blade is speaking, when he's doing that split screen and he gets the call from the other Russian dude. It's like, hey, Frankie Fourfingers is coming, you know. His subtitles on the Blu-ray were just regular white normal subtitles. Like normal closed captioning like you would normally see. But in the 4K... It was like written in like some or, like Russian Orthodox font, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like baked into the image, oh, and I was like, nice. oh, "Why didn't they not do that for the fucking Blu-ray?" That's so I, yeah. Huh. Very Mine bizarre. were generated by uh, by Apple or something because they weren't exactly right. That there were words missing, and they added S's on things when they didn't need it. It's mm. kind of like, just couldn't deal with the accent or something. I mean, there's a lot of thick accents in this movie, and that's part of the fun, at least for me as an American viewer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I remember that complaint when the movie was out. You still follow along. Like, even if you don't get every sentence, you're you're able to follow the story. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I don't, I have never felt like I've missed something from not being able to understand certain words. Yeah. It's not like a, I don't know. It's not like a Christopher Nolan's, like, Tenet or Bane, where people are like, I don't understand what the fuck Bane's saying. I, that was just a mixing error. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was a purposeful choice where he's like, it makes you lean in more to think about. Fuck off. <sighs> I think they're both choices. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think this That's one is fair. is easier to hear, you know, and pass through. Well, that. I like that that with Brad's Brad Pitt's character and and the rest of the Pikes, like they they actively make it so nobody in the movie understands it, which apparently was a little bit of an in joke because. Guy Ritchie's last movie, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Nobody can understand them. And so this is like him being like, well, fuck you. We're going to make it so <laughs> nobody in the movie even understands it so that now it's a joke. So you can criticize it, but it's also, I know what the fuck I'm doing, guys. Just watch the movie. And they even have the American guy go, what the fuck? You guys like invented the fucking like, language and nobody <laughs> around here even speaks it. Doesn't anybody speak English? <laughs> what was the word Vinnie Jones used for robbery? What was it? I can't even remember. It was like... I was like, I wouldn't have picked that up either. Bogging or something like that. Yeah. It was really weird. It's like, oh, yeah. He's like, bogging. Robbery. Duh. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows that. (laughs) I mean, contextually, you can understand most of the things that they're saying, even if you don't quite get the accent or the slang terms that they're using. And that's that's something that I enjoy. Maybe that's just me, but... Also, hey, Brian, it. did you see this in the theater? What? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Of course you did. I projected this Of course you did. Yeah. I have the uh, the trailer on a 35 millimeter film around the house somewhere. Wow, that's pretty fun. Well, you know, Guy Ritchie was like, uh, let me see, this was, uh, this was, yeah, this was right before film school, and this yeah. was kind of like Guy Ritchie was one of those late 90s, early aught filmmakers that came in that wave, uh, kind of like post Sodenberg and uh, and David Fincher, like you know, P. T. Anderson yeah. and Nolan and all these guys, and they were doing things that were just interesting you know it was like yeah film was getting ready to croak we didn't know it then and like video was getting ready to take off this is two two years away from 28 days later you know Mm. attack of the clones were right there right at this moment and like everyone was really excited for this i remember like filmmakers like kids losing their minds about this just like oh look they're taking music videos and they're putting them in movies and it makes sense and it flows 
And I remember, you know, old people are like, you know, I'm sure Martin Scorsese's of the time were like, oh my God, this is just music videos. They're not telling stories. <laughs> what? You can see the black lines when they when they spin the image. You're seeing <laughs> off the image. We You're breaking the... Yeah. Ah, they're, no! they're literally <laughs> taking the image and rotating it and you yeah. see all of the matte lines and all of the, like, there's the whole image and they're just spinning it because it's fun. And crazy pop-ins, like, you know, completely like, think of the Viva Las Vegas, all those like frames, <laughs> yeah. just like yeah. they, and they zoom in on the face, you know. It holds up, you know. It, it, it does. Their their blow ups look they look way better than when you do it digitally. I guess having the resolution of the film, I guess I don't know, but but however they did those, it, they look really clean, even though they blew them up like four hundred percent. Yeah. So watching in like an HD or four K, that stuff else. I've literally only ever seen this on DVD, so it has all looked the same in in its graininess to me. No, everything looks good. Uh, the four K, you can really. Tell when the shots are out of focus. Oh, there's a lot of out of focus shots. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially the pikeys at the end are like sitting in the car, like waiting. Like they pop in on their faces, they just gone. <laughs> yep. It's just yep. a it's just a yep. wash of out of fo- out of focus shots. Yep. Doesn't fucking matter, apparently. No. It it totally works. It's it's more about style, you know. The, uh, yeah. And, and keeping that pace going. Which I mean that's what makes it fun to watch. I mean that's you know, one of the reasons I go back and rewatch this movie again and again is just the pacing is so it's so tight. Like all the storylines that you're following, even though it's a bunch of them, you're following them all at the right moment. And when you come back to it, it's perfect. You don't forget anything. You always yep. know where you are. Yep. Yeah. And they even like when it, pace doesn't even necessarily mean like like speed. Like just think about like the opening where we're like slow panning between security cam footage while while things are just going. We're like building this. Right before we have this major ramp up, it's it's a really good uh, like tone setter for the film. Yeah, as an opening credit sequence, I think it's pretty fucking great. Had that uh, had that technique been used before, Brian? Like the let's watch seven security camera monitor things. I'm sure because I feel like Soderbergh's done it. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this in many other movies. I just can't remember if I've seen yeah. it after this or if this was like one of the first times. But the coverage with security cams, like every time you go to like the bookies. And they'll, they'll have like a frame, and then be there'll be one of those like security. Yeah, so you uh, can monitors. see the person's face. Yeah, and, 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 as and it's, prof- it's yeah, it's the return I love shot. That shit. And it's, I it's love perfectly that framed shit. every time. It's like every oh, man, time. This is really cool. Yeah. And when they talk about the replica guns, they just kind of live in that shot too, and you just get it from that one angle, which is. But but you're getting everything you need. It's it's really cool. When your gun says replica, and mine says Desert Eagle. Oh, you're talking about when he brings him into the shot for the first time. Yeah, and he's like replicas. We're going to like blow their eardrums out or something. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to deafen them to death. Yeah. That's <laughs> a terrible line. I love it. I do like that uh, the filmmakers are constantly throughout the movie. You, you know who you're supposed to be rooting for or who the filmmakers kind of want you to root, root, root for based off who treats a dog right. If you treat mm. a dog like shit, yeah. you're going to end yeah. up in a violent, terrible situation <laughs> in this movie. That's true. That's true. Treat dogs all right. You know, you may get away with your crime or just, you know, just a little beating. I did think it was funny. As soon as they showed the dog fighting and the guy hitting the dog, I was like, why would they do that? Like, now nobody wants to root for this guy. Like, and I, of course, that's the whole point. And that's what they said in behind, the behind the scenes that, like, there's some <laughs> there's some line where, like, you know, it's more forgivable to be a pedophile than it is to be a dog abuser. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, but they also had this really great shot of <laughs> of the the I guess the props person with like one of the dead dogs like smearing blood all over it. Oh my god! Like so horrifying. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a little plastic. I'm assuming yeah. a little plastic thing. But yeah, like it's just so horrifying, and they're just like setting it up. Like, oh look, here we are at work today. All the dog abuse going on. I like the dog that's alive in the in the fucking pit after the fight is that fucking goddamn target dog <laughs> whatever breed of the dog that is i don't know why that like cracks a little me pitbull? up now yeah no it's not a pitbull what is the target dog that little the white um they have like a narrow snout but you know it's a it's a target dog yeah i forget what the uh, yeah don't know what kind I of know what you're dog talking about. yeah but anyway that's the dog that was in that pit it just cracked me up i was like oh look at that they had no idea that was going to be a target logo <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie holds up for being 24 years old. I don't know. I've, I've probably only seen it four or five times throughout my life, but like, 
I, I watched it again like six or eight months ago and I hadn't seen it in 10 or 15 years at least. Remembered every fucking line in the movie was just like unconsciously quoting it. it just this, this shit has lived in my brain for so long that I've quoted lines from it and forgotten that it was from this movie. What's happening with those sausages, Charlie? Like that, it's <laughs> you like... Said, just, you said two minutes, five minutes ago. <laughs> five, t- two minutes, Turkish. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that stuff just is, is what forever, you know. Yeah. Trapped in my brain. What do you want me to do? Hit him for you? Hey, ma, look at the size of this fella. <laughs> That's a big fucker for sure. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about Brad Pitt in this film. Man, he is so grimy and just like gross looking and yet He's still- a dirty fucker. Still a beautiful man. He's still fucking Brad Pitt underneath all the dirt. Oh, dude, when he's watching his mom burn to death and that, that, like, shit. that like slowed down, like kind of close up push in with the fire. Yeah. Like, God damn. Ugh, so and you good. feel the rage yeah. just like smoldering off of him. Yeah, it's great. And he's in his weird, like, fucking, like, <laughs> underwear. With <laughs> <laughs> some fucked up design on it. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. He's got a style all of his own. Yeah. That the whole movie, especially with the hat. Oh, with his le- leather the fucking leather fedora. Hat. Yeah. yeah, that is great. What kind of hat is that? That's not a fedora. Is it? it's a. Um, it's like that Jason Mraz thing. What the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> I don't know hats that well. Yeah, I don't know hats. What do I, what do I know for hats? <laughs> but I, I, I do. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say I, I do like all the what all the gangsters are wearing and everything. I like the the suits and like the different levels of the the suits. I like Tyrone's big black jacket. <laughs> that oh, is dude. constantly Tyrone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he gets oh, trying to get out of the car, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, it's Can't a very 2000s fat joke, but goddamn, it works in that moment. He's a getaway driver. Can he get away from anything? <laughs> What's he going to get away from? You dumb fat piece of shit. <laughs> Man, that whole juxtaposing uh, montage when when they're like watching the dogs chase the hare and Tyrone is getting run down at the oh, same dude, time. Oh, dude, so good, dude! I fucking love that shit. You think they just let a, a, a rabbit loose and just try to chase it with a camera? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you get these shots? I, I think some of them are literally that because because you can see like where it's just out of focus and they're like, well, we got a super great like slow mo shot of the hare, but yeah, the hare. Yeah, they actually started some shit because they actually shot that little I guess the dogs chasing after the hare the hare did get away but they actually shot that like it is in the movie so you're saying people were saying shit because you can't put at the end of the movie no animals were harmed well no animals were harmed but I mean I guess you put them in you know the dogs could have gotten the rabbit (laughs) (laughs) what if that would have changed the script (laughs) and we're like can we get another hare I'll do it (laughs) remember Periwinkle Blue the whole film is cruxed on this diamond, this massive fucking diamond. And there's two different sizes for it that I saw throughout the film. Sometimes they say it's 86 carat. And then at the, to, as we get towards the end of the film, they keep saying 84. But I, I looked Did up they? what an 86 carat diamond will be worth today. $17 million. No, it's $3.9 million. Wow. So how Wait, much that's money it? worth... Yeah. So how, 84 how carats would be only worth $4 million? It's, uh, there was a recent uh, person who tried to smuggle a 86-carat uh, diamond on an airplane, and they said it was worth $3.9 million. Interesting. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, still, $3, three million is a lot of money. You know, it is a million. lot of money. Yeah. That's, uh, that's $4 million. It's a lot yeah. of money to put in your prison pocket. In your prison pocket? Well, if they're going to smuggle it on like an a, airplane. Like a, a golf ball-sized thing up the poop chute. Um... <laughs> Four how million much, dollars, how, dude. It's not that long of a flight. Come on, you can do it. Flags <laughs> 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 of today <laughs> are like amazing. Nah, man. Think about you're those like pace, you're back pacing the, the aisles. <laughs> uh, was there was there a uh, a set amount in the film that they were trying to say this was worth, or they were just going to sell? They, it? I don't think they mentioned. Yeah, it. they never said. No. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely the MacGuffin that's just there to to be a, a plot device. All the shots of the diamond are always really pretty, especially yeah. at the very beginning. They do that one where they spin the whole fucking image around the damn diamond. Yeah, yeah. Or we get the uh, character intros. Yeah, yeah. Those are dated, but um, man, they still work. I liked them more than uh, than when Tarantino did it. You know. Yeah, that's fair. When Tarantino it doesn't feel did quite it. as uh, which time douchey. You talking about <laughs> <laughs> which time? 
Uh, Inglorious Bastards is the one I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. I don't, man, I can't remember it. I have to go back and rewatch it. We need to take yep. a break. We need to play the trailer. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna we're gonna play the trailer for Guy Ritchie's Snatch. We'll be back. Frankie has a diamond the size of a fist. Eighty-six carats. You know something that I don't. Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? I'm a boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight. I want to use the pie key. Fess your vaccine, can't you? Ah. What? You're going to have to repeat that. Fess your vaccine, can't you? What? What's a gun doing in your trousers? Protection. Protection from what? The Germans. <laughs> I've got the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. I'm getting heartburn. Tony, do something terrible. Where is the stone? Heavy. Shut up and sit down, you big ball. So what should I play? You can call me Susan if it makes you happy. I don't care if it's Mohammed, Imard, Bruce Lee. You're going down in the fourth round. Whoops. Anything to declare? Yeah. Don't go to England. Side of sauce frame furniture and the uh, scarf cushions with uh, matching side cushions. Did you understand a single word? What did you say? And we're back. That was the trailer for Guy Ritchie's Snatch. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Gavin. Sorry, it's not layered cake. <sighs> but moving on. I think it's pronounced uh, layer cake. Yeah. You have a layer cake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Um, it's a good trailer, right? Right? Very nineties. Very. Oh, yeah, very, yeah. very turn of the century, right there. That's a great trailer. Made me want to watch it again, and yeah, mostly because of the cute, cute shot of the dog. <laughs> two, two cute shots of the dog. I love the the freeze frame naming him dog. Dog. I almost want one of them to be like introducing dog. Dag. Dag. D a g. Oh, dogs. Yeah, yeah. I like dags. Jason Statham should have been a higher build in this trailer, I think. You know, was he the shit at this time? I don't think he was. This no, was before his whole was. action career thing. Before this was the, the first movie no, I ever saw can, him in. You can feel it. You can feel the charisma oozing uh, off this fucker. You know, that's not how you get billed, though. Yeah, that's interesting. Turkish. Look, if Brad Pitt's not number one, then it's got to be the Statham. Come on. Benicio del Toro was bigger than him at the time. I'm sorry. Bigger than Brad Pitt? No, bigger than Jason Statham. Oh, which Statham. is weird because he's only like in it a very short amount of he's time, in like and then ten minutes tops. Then he's got a fucking like tea cozy on his head. Um, you think that's him sitting there with a tea cozy on his head? No, yeah, they're not paying not. An, an actor of that caliber, right, to sit there with something. Uh, you, you're, oh, that's funny. Why there's a tea cozy? Right? <laughs> I'd like to think that's his leg, though, when they chop his arm off and he does that jump after he's supposed <laughs> to be dead. Which I don't think that makes any sense, but. You know, and why is Boris carrying a fucking massive cleaver? Oh my god, dude! He opens (laughs) his jacket and he's got like a little leather like thing to pull a giant cleaver out of. Yeah, that was great though. Never leave home without it. His name is Boris the Blade, right? He's got blades. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right, it makes sense. You know, or Boris the Bullet Dodger. He's the Bullet Dodger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he have another one? Why do you call him that? Because he dodges bullets. Bullets. Bullets, <laughs> and at the end, <laughs> he, he just won't die. And I love that it's off screen. He empties screen. a whole yeah. fucking clip into the guy. <laughs> it is a little Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay, you know. He, he even uh, he even aims like the dude in fucking yeah. like uh, in Fargo. He's like, go get that go, ass. Go, go. <laughs> if you're gonna come up with an excuse to like shoot a character and then not be able to kill another character off. That's a pretty great fucking way to do it. You lucky fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad Tyrone got away, man. Everybody was picking on him the whole fucking movie. The whole movie. (laughs) Motherfucker had no friends. Tyrone. Checky laces. I was a little confused, though. There was was a second. 
when they had him in the uh, the body bag, I was like, "Oh, did he? Is oh, he dead? Fuck. You know?" And then you and see then him he, like, like sits up later. and looks yeah. at him. <laughs> and it's just like that's so weird. Why is he in the body? You know, like, they already put him in the body bag while he's alive. Okay, all right, all right. And if I had to be one of those goons that like totally set up that like Dexter kill room, oh my and god, and then we yeah. don't kill these guys and be like, "What the <laughs> fuck? How long did it take us to set this fucking room up?" And we brought these fucking body bags in here and we got everything ready. They did want to kill him right away, you know? Fuck yeah, they did. They were like, "Fuck that guy, man! Come on, let's bleed him out right now." <laughs> Done all this work. I mean, that's just like a normal Tuesday for them. The pigs are hungry, governor. Getting ready for the pigs. Oh, yeah. Who the fuck are you, aside from someone who feeds people to pigs? Apparently that's not enough for you to be concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, shit, this guy's too knowledgeable. I, I do like that Bricktop just always walks in completely not not worried about anybody pulling a gun on him, starting some shit, punching him, pushing him out. He just casually walks in everywhere, regardless whether his goons are inside, outside, or waiting in the car. Which is why he's so surprised at the end when he has a shotgun, uh, two shotguns slammed into his face. Oh, he's yeah. Like, <gasps> Those are good reactions right there. Yeah, that freeze frame where the two of them are like, <laughs> yeah. Brad Pitt's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's clever use of expositional uh, voiceover that doesn't feel like pandery or like oh yeah it's too easy you know what i mean because sometimes when you just like lay things out in in voiceover that oh so this is what's happening you know it's right. like eh, that's just kind of record feels scratch i bet you're wondering how i got here yeah exactly <laughs> and then that, that, but but this doing it you know uh is masterful you know it actually it feels right you know it's not just like a, a, like an easy way well yeah every time they do a freeze frame in this movie it feels like not only appropriate but earned in a way Especially when when they're in the middle of the Stupid fights faces. and they do those those slam fucking zooms and then freeze frame on their faces and yeah oh I love that I, and the way they uh, guy Ritchie uses that camera work as a callback because the first time they get into a fight and he hits the fucking the other a boxer and he goes down right away and they're all fuck because he he went he knocked the guy out too soon. You do all those zoom ins. Then when he hits that guy again in the second fight, they all do those Everybody's zoom ins like, oh, again. Oh shit! And you're doing those audience member. You're just like, oh fuck, this is it. This is it right here. Yeah, this is it. it, it Instant creates nice suspension. Exactly, instant sus- uh, like suspense. Especially if you're like, oh fuck. Especially they, the guy keeps getting up. You know, which which really really helps because and they're like, oh, like they they build that so well. And even though Mickey is actually building toward his plan the entire one. You know, time. I wonder if he thought that the guy was going to stay down, or if he knew he was holding back just enough to get him back up. So I, I mean, with the him. dude basically almost killed Gorgeous George in one fucking punch immediately. <laughs> I feel like he has a pretty goddamn good understanding of his level of skill. Later on in the movie, when Gorgeous George is sitting at the table and his mouth's all fucking wired shut, <laughs> he's just he's got that giant neck brace yeah. on. Yeah, he's like, fuck, man. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but until that moment, I was convinced that he was fucking dead. Oh, he just died? Yeah, like, well, he's dead now. That's cool. I, I really enjoyed the scene where, the fight scene, though, where uh, he does the uppercut and they have that Brad Pitt's body, like, uh, just like floating air. Yeah. I love watching really the, cool beh- looking. Behind the behind the scenes of that. Uh, first of him... You know, like be yes, actually, like going up into the air. Uh, but also the, the I didn't realize that the second part where he is the guy is punching Brad Pitt uh, was filmed underwater. Did you guys see that? What? It was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. The, he because he, he goes underwater, he, he punches him and he flies back and then he instead of yeah. he lands in and then there's the moments where he's underwater and he's still getting his ass beat. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that, though, until I was watching the BTS. It was really, really cool. It's beautiful. And in that behind the scenes, they said they were shooting at 800 frames a second. And he said something very interesting. He said, when you go to such high frame rates, things become way sharper. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's very interesting. I did not know that. I wonder if that's yeah. like a, a shutter speed thing, like in Maybe. order to get that high, well, high of a frame rate. To, to have that, you have to have such bright light. Yeah, just just yeah. to be able to do that. So maybe something to do with the extent, intense bright light, and then um, m- maybe cranking the shutter. But yeah, I didn't feel like it felt over sharp. But I think he was telling Brad Pitt that to make your movements more like uh, intentional, mm, precise. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt's the kind of guy that could probably pull that off with such a note. Like, hey, 
be a little more subtle and more, and more specific. Got it. Cool. Moving on. Whatever. He can jump and like land in that perfectly flat position. It's perfect. You know, dude, it's, it's a fucking gorgeous. killer shot. Do you think that's a composite of him in that wide? Hmm. Wait. Uh, when he gets hit. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's a uh, behind the scenes him on green screen flying back. So that way they he could land on like a fucking pillow thing, whatever. Yeah. Giant pad and not die. <laughs> or not get hurt or fucked up his beautiful <laughs> goddamn face. Who wants that? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, That's worse the money than death. maker. <laughs> oh, you fucked his face up? Why didn't you just murder him? God damn it. <laughs> if they couldn't fuck him up in Fight Club, they can't fuck him up in this one. Oh, that's true. Fincher's like, no, uh, Edward Norton, uh, punch Brad Pitt again. Hit him again. Take 204. <laughs> and go. I was a little surprised by the wall-to-wall music this time. I remember the, the needle drops in the movie. Those stand out. But when the needle drops are not being played, there is, like, constant background and, like, original score. Just, it's, it's nonstop. I, yeah. th- I think there's yeah. maybe like five minutes of non-musical moments in the entire film. It mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Like every conversation, like every time somebody's in a car, there's background music. It's it's just wall to wall. It's just covered in music. And uh, you just remember all those like the technical techno drops and things like that. Or that's what I remember. And, you know, like you have those big edited montages. But God, just wall to wall, man. Well, I think the music is really what keeps the pace then you don't really get a break from any of it. And I know that the, the editing has a lot to do with that also, but the music is really what drives it. Cause I think I, <laughs> at the very end, like literally I was like, I forget the line. Jason Statham said something and I was like, how much longer <laughs> does this movie have? <laughs> and like literally it flashed the end up and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, there's no there's no concept of like how far are you in this because the music and the the editing and everything just is go 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 and so i at no point in time had any concept of how far along i was in the movie <laughs> yeah that's a really good point because i found myself like three or four different times like pausing it or like clicking the button to just see where in the movie we were like are uh, like are we 20 minutes in has it been 40 minutes oh no it's 11 cool okay <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of the ending do, do you what do you think happens do you think that uh you know did they did they get murdered uh, or do they are, are they i think the Avi guy the... like he was there to to buy it off of the people that stole it in the first place right so he he didn't care who he bought it from he just wanted to get it for why the would he want to buy something gonna... he should already own you know so well he's a fence Right? Isn't he a fence? Isn't the whole point of going to him so that they, they can make the money of, off of having stolen it and he can make the money off of selling it again? And mm. Maybe that's not actually explicitly stated in this movie and that's just me like coming, you know, thinking about every other gangster type movie where someone is, has well, a stolen that's right because he's not really thing. Jewish. So he's not, he's, he's not actually well, the, like the, the, he's not the guy, people that it was stole, stolen from from the first time, right? The, the dude from America is Jewish. The bald guy that is that they're trying to sell it through he's in pretending to be Jewish. the UK. He is not yes. Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. With the two twin daughters. Yeah. Dad, so did the American us. guy actually own the diamond to begin with or it just came out of that what? No, place? No, he stole it. He stole it. He hired okay. Benicio del Toro to go steal this diamond right. with these Russian okay. guys that I was. guess he paid for, I don't know, help to do the hit? I don't know, to do the heist? I don't know why the Russians are involved at all. That That's very not explained. It, it's pretty straightforward after that, right? Yeah, so basically the, the, the diamond finds its way home no matter what. I like to think that the shot in the open, when we have Avi and he, his character introduction, he's got like a magnifying glass and he's looking at the diamond. I like yeah. to think that's a shot from the end of the movie. Oh, 100% ah. because they come back to that same behind the guy, Jason Statham's telling the story. What do I know about diamonds? No, no, I'm talking about like when they're doing the character intro, like when Benicio Del Toro, like after he stole it and he's like yeah. looking at it and you go to oh, everybody's yeah, yeah. name. Okay. Yeah, when I forget what that actor's name is. Dennis, he used to be a cop, but. He was in all those uh, Michael Mann movies back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I forget what his name is. Anyway. Um, Don't go to England. Yeah, his character intro scene. He's holding a magnifying glass, looking at the diamond. Not even listed on the first page on IMDb. Yeah, That's he's not listed, that, which <laughs> is really fucked up because he's all over the trailer. Yeah, it took me like, a while. He, I was like, what? Uh, Dennis for, uh, Far- Farnia. All right. Man, like, I, yeah, I still haven't Cousin gotten to it yet. 
Cousin Avi. Holy shit, Jason Statham's really far down on this list. They, they need to go back and reorder this crap on IMDb. What? He's number one on the thing that I'm looking at on IMDb. Yeah, but if you, Top uh, Bill cast. Jason Statham, Brad Pitt, Stephen Graham, and Vinnie Jones. Yeah, but if you go to the, the cast list. Oh. I don't know. The entire time I was watching, I was just thinking, you know, I wish I was watching uh, Wrath of Man. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. I, yeah, really? it was. I, I, yeah, I think that's my favorite Guy Ritchie, Jason Statham joint. Yeah. I think that's my favorite Guy Ritchie film. For real. That's the one that just hits that sweet B-movie spot. This one is just a little too much like... Have you guys ever seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's basically the same fucking movie. It is way too similar for me. And yeah. it's got too much of the cast bleed over. No, I watched this one first. And then I later, like a couple years later, watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I've already seen this. And it was better. And I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It felt, like, it felt like he, Guy Ritchie, got just extra money to redo his own movie with a new cast and slightly rewritten characters and a slightly rewritten script. And he was like, yeah, I can make this better. He said at one point that this was his attempt at a drama and it obviously didn't work, but I wasn't, I couldn't tell if he was joking. This is a drama. (laughs) This is a drama. (laughs) No, I think his attempt, his attempt at a drama. (laughs) I do remember this was kind of like the last movie. And I know, I know he met Madonna, uh, right after that. They were married for a long time. Um, yeah, like eight or ten years or something like that. Yeah, so there's a long a time in Hollywood. Needle drop in this too. Love this yeah. fucking song. Yeah, apparently he uh, <laughs> he paid his own money in order to be able to have that song in there. Wow, Seeker, I love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, I swear to God, you should go out with me just like once, just once. Just yeah. give me give me one chance. I'll, I'll put your song in my movie. But after this movie, I'll make you a star. <laughs> Guy Ritchie's career, it did kind of like, I don't know, it, it took a while for him to get back on track because he did Swept Away, which starred Madonna, very big bomb, and then he did that Revolver movie with Jason yeah, Statham. Was Revolver. With yeah. Ray Liotta. I don't even think that yes. came out theatrically in the United States. If it did, it was like nope. in maybe 100 theaters. Um, and then he didn't really get back into anything until Rock and Roller came out. Yeah, I also, I tried Rock and Roller and I was like, wait, really? Where... I thought this was like Guy yeah, Ritchie. I thought he was cool. What the fuck? Sherlock it wasn't until Holmes Sherlock Holmes, man. Yeah. That is, that is when he actually he got some money. He got some some skills around him. I mean, not that any of his other stuff was like lacking in, in technical execution, but Sherlock Holmes felt to me like the one where it was like, all right, this is what Guy Ritchie's been trying to do, and now he's finally gotten the resources and the technology to be able to do it. Yeah, that's his, nec- that's his next movie after Rock and Roll. That's 2009. That's nine years after this. It's a long fucking Right. Wow. I mean, he made shit. He was working. It's not like he was sitting on his ass. Yeah, I, he, he did Swept Away, Revolver, Rock and Roller. Th- those are the three films he did. And he did some Madonna music videos and The Hire, which is, I guess, uh, th- is it that Clive Owen BMW action series that they did oh yeah that's a, yeah. a short that's an hour long that's yeah recompilation of all the short films from the series of the short films produced by the bmw the hire yeah a bunch of hire. badass directors yeah. worked on that he's okay he's about to direct aladdin too man the first one was fucking what? terrible no, is, why are no, they making not. a second really? one what the hell yeah i'm sitting reading serious? it right now god damn it and he's doing the uh gent- the gentleman as a tv series which the gentleman was great well, he's got that movie coming out uh, this year. It was fun, man. <laughs> I wanted to like it. The Gentleman just felt like an excuse to use all of the fucking language and all of the bullshit where he's just like, you're not supposed to use it anymore, but I'm going to do it anyway because I've, I've got stuff that I'm going to do. It's like, okay, we get yep. it. You like the word cunt and you like like fucking gay slurs and all. I was just like, okay. No, come on. Colin Farrell was really something He's special awesome in that in movie. That. Yeah. yeah. I probably need to watch it again. Maybe I was just not in the right mood, but it felt it, it felt very self-indulgent, like just him jerking off in the whole movie. Like that's that's what the impression that I got the entire Which is great. Love it. <laughs> and I, I love it when Hugh Grant plays yeah. a, a douchebag too. I don't know why, but it's oh he's so good at that. He's great in that movie. He is good at that. He was in that other one too that Guy Ritchie did, but is it uh, Operation Fortune? That like totally didn't, bombed. Didn't see that one? Yeah, yeah. It came, I think it came out like last year. It made like maybe I think it made less than ten million dollars. It's got a ridiculous cast. It's like uh, Jason oh, it's Statham, the, the Covenant. Now, no, it's Operation Fortune. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's got Carrie Elway, oh, Hugh Grant, uh, uh, Audrey Plaza. It's like uh, Josh Hartnett. It's got a huge cast. 
What? Nobody saw it. Nobody knew anything about it. I would go I see it. I didn't even know this was in existence. Yeah, I would go see it with uh, my kids and my wife. It was like nobody in that theater opening night. Not a soul. What a strange career he's had. Yeah, Oof. this movie looks like trash. <laughs> as far as the way that, the way it sh- the, the camera looks, yeah, he, he's in the low budget world now. But at least he's getting distribution and still making movies, man. So you can't, you know, what looks like trash. Which which movie are you talking about? Operation Fortune. I think that actually had a pretty big budget. Yeah, its budget was fifty million. Holy shit! Wow, that's not tiny. I mean, it's not huge. It's not like uh, his King Arthur movie or Sherlock Holmes or anything like that. But or fucking Aladdin. Ugh, Aladdin was not good. It wasn't, but like I don't know. Like it's just you just you just taking the money right then, like right? Because like how could you ever make that good? Right? How can you make the, yeah remake that cartoon? No, it's perfect as the cartoon. And if you don't have Rob Williams, like what are we doing? Will Smith ain't Rob Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Even makes Julianne fries, right? Yeah. Does mm. anybody get anything else? We moving on to ratings. What about the budget? Oh yeah, what was the budget on this? I'm looking. The budget was ten million dollars. It made uh, thirty point three million worldwide. Uh, not worldwide. Sorry, domestically, it made ninety nine million worldwide. Hmm. Okay, that's a pretty big hit for a ten million dollar movie. That is a return on investment. Yeah. I was wondering. About the budget, just based on the way the costume designer talked about the costumes and how she dressed everyone for this, it seemed like it was very, very low budget. Well, I mean, ten million is not a whole lot, and I mean, they had did have a huge cast, a huge yeah. cast. The making yeah. of they were talk they were given uh, Matthew Vaughn, who was the producer on this, who's gone on to have a great directing career. They were giving him so much shit about like all the shitty snacks. That they had. All the crafty apparently was garbage. <laughs> and they were like, what's oh, up? crafty was fucking like ho-hos and shit. Oh, they, they were giving Twinkies. him crap. Like, oh, what are these little shit biscuits over here? Nobody even knows the name of this brand. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Gotta I be. mean, well, cons- considering the budget and how they clearly suffered with their lack of crafty, uh, <laughs> they, they, did a, they did a really good job, I think. <laughs> What were some of the challenges that the costume designer was talking about? Oh, she was just saying that she only had three weeks before to prep, which I thought was kind of crazy. Considering three weeks, considering the amount of cast that she did have, Um, and she also mentioned that you know a lot of the actors were involved in. Which usually means that the actors are bringing their own clothes and yeah. styling it, yeah. and <clears throat> which is perfectly fine and valid, and it happens. Um, but I was just, I was just really surprised by <laughs> that. Um, and the other thing too is that they were using a lot of brands, and they weren't brands that I recognized. I'm assuming they're specific to England, um, which just means that. If it's low budget and they are using brands that they would have to return everything hmm. in exactly oh, the way shit. they found it. And so for a movie like this that can get dirty, um, that that would be that would be irritating <laughs> to have to make sure everything <laughs> is pristine enough to return. Wow, so there's shop off the shelves and then just return it just to get the money back, hopefully. Well, yeah, so um, usually so if you're in like larger cities like London or New York or LA, um, costume designers usually have uh, relationships with brands and stores. And so they can go in and usually borrow whatever they need as long as they put in the credits like, you know, thank you to this store, to this brand hmm. or whatever. Um, that doesn't really happen that I've seen um, outside of those cities. But yeah, but that's the thing is that you do have a relationship with them. And so you do have to return the clothes mm. and you, everything has to be pristine. And um, there's so there's like, yeah, a way to do it. And you have to preserve that relationship. Like if you return everything or, you know, and it's ruined, you have to pay for it. And with brands and stores, that's a lot of money mm. because hey. Yeah, you're not like going to Walmart and doing this. I was you're, about to say, going to like Ralph Lauren. Just fucking like go to Walmart, return, have the receipt, and you're good, right? 
Um, yeah, so the thing... Uh, excuse me, there's blood on this? <laughs> well, that's not real blood, sir. <laughs> yeah, so, but you can do that too. But usually, <laughs> if you're in larger cities um, and it's an established costume designer, yes, there are actual relationships. And most people, again, I guess it depends, right? Most people want nicer <laughs> items for their films. Even if, and I kind of love this, they're all like some version of a gangster but they're all wearing really nice tailored clothing with the exception of like brad pitt but even even so i was actually i thought he could have been dirtier Hmm. i don't know sometimes he's pretty filthy listen i didn't say he was clean i said he could have been dirtier (laughs) (laughs) oh man the 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 wake at where he's getting all fucking pissed with the group of them and they pick him up and he's just like drooling and vomiting and Mm. Nasty. Dude, he... <laughs> yeah. It works, though. I liked it. I, I, I liked a lot of the dirty griminess to this movie. Yeah. I think it works emotionally, for sure. All right. Dirty griminess. You guys got to explain. What the fuck? Where... Turkish. Jason Statham. His fucking caravan when we first see it. Right? And gorgeous George is boxing. Where the fuck are they? Are they under Where a bridge? They? Where are they? It's <laughs> tip top. Is this like a caravan inside of like an old ass warehouse or some that's shit? That's what and I thought it was. Like, <laughs> that's always what I've kind of assumed. That's is they're I like thought, just. But it's got architecture. They're squatting somewhere. Like, like, it's yeah. bizarre. It's the weirdest thing. And you never get like an establishing shot? Like, nope. Nope. You just get the wide of the caravan just where and the spot is, right man. there. Yeah. So bizarre. It's like, why did you? Why do you need a caravan here? This looks like an enclosed building. Why don't you yeah. just build stuff around yeah. here? What is going on? Is he sleeping it's there, tip-top. like for the duration of the mission? No, but he's also got an office where he has no, a coffee just, pot. That's and just his, the office. <laughs> and it's safe. Like, what are we? I'm so confused. Oh, right, right, because he goes back and he's got a fucking picture frame over the safe. Yeah. So, like, what is that building? Right. Why does he need a caravan when he has that? And that's got, like, four or five That's at his arcade. Oh, no, you're right, yeah. 100%, because he has an actual building for the arcade. That's just yeah. the back office there. That looked like the upstairs. That was not the back office. That was a huge-ass room. He's got, like, a whole tea kettle and everything. He's got a waiting room. <laughs> that's where you keep the sugar. <laughs> I don't need sugar. I'm already sweet enough. Man, I love the way that guy chews all his lines. It's those big teeth, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that I say is... (laughs) He's also in Lockstock, Two Spoken Barrels, and plays a completely different character. Nicer and not as mean. And it... Yeah. But it is like, okay, wait, I'm waiting for this guy to turn evil. When's he going to turn evil? (laughs) (laughs) Because he just nails it in this movie. He is like a perfect, like, just horrible cunt, as he says. Are we at ratings? Yeah, I think the only moment that we haven't talked about is when Frankie's on the phone with uh, Avi. Every time we come back to him, he's in a different outfit while they're in the same like three-sentence conversation. It's very music video-esque, but I fucking love it. And it's just, they just look at it. They just do it. There's there's no mention <laughs> of it. There's no reference to it. It's just like, yeah, you know what that. would be cool? Yeah, he goes from like a suit to like a there's like a vest situation then he's wearing like a hat and a thing and then like the fourth time you see him he's he's just got like the shirt and the suit and no fucking pants and it's like <laughs> i thought that was great where is the stone let's do ratings is it rating time it's rating time look on let's do it who's going first who's rating snatch how you rate that snatch guys Ooh, brian i rate that snatch super high you know what i'm saying <laughs> Oof, like that's like a ten out of ten snatch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, this is one of those films that uh, it, it, I'm going to call it a, a film school film because when you're in film school, everybody's like, "Whoa, have you seen Snatch?" You know, it, it's 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 that camera porn. It's 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 what everybody tries to emulate. You know, uh, kind of. I don't know. It's it, it's uh, it's exciting. It's a roller coaster. It's uh, it's great acting. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's it's one of those films that I. Uh, I don't mind watching over and over again. I can pick up at any point and finish it because it's it's always fun and it's memorable and has amazing uh, dialogue. That's the best part. And if it doesn't work, you can always hit him with it. That's why I like a heavy gun. <laughs> All right, who's going next? I didn't hear a rating. Oh, I opened it with a 10. It's a fucking 10. Oh, okay. You said the snatch was 10 out of 10. You didn't say the movie. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> hey, man. In my world, uh, Snatch is always 10, bro. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude, you got a good world, bro. You got a good world. Oh, man. Amen. Oh, Jared, if I could live your life. Oh, all three of them have been fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, don't say that on air. Come on. <laughs> We're awesome. We always get... No, sorry. Anyway, continue. Um, I'll go next. I This movie has lived in my brain for fucking forever, it feels like. Um not quite like a formative movie, but goddamn, it is it is it is lived in my brain rent free. Uh, and I, I I don't know, I have I have mixed feelings about Guy Ritchie as a whole as a director because some of his movies I think really work really well and others feels like he's he, he's just I don't know if he just doesn't have enough time or doesn't have enough budget. Um, but it doesn't always click. And but this movie clicks. This movie works. This movie, it is a little bit of a rehashing of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, but it's the better version of it. It's it's not the same level of douchiness of like I'm going to remake my movie frame for frame for American audiences like we've seen before. Um, but it is it is the good version of that. I think this is Guy Ritchie perfecting himself. Like none of the beats are new, none of the characters are new, but. It is him making everything work in the best way that it needs to for this film. I love the flashy camera shit. I love all the the smash zooms and the freeze frames and the sound effects and all of the things that just make it feel better. He does it somewhat better in like the Sherlock Holmes movies, like because he's got a little bit more again technology and and resources, um, and he can like you know do shit where like you're going inside the fucking gun while Sherlock is shooting shit. But like, man, this was fucking. The year two thousand. This was this was the end of of film as we knew it. This was let's get all the nineties MTV music video shit and put it into a movie and make it actually like move along in a in a fast paced way that feels fucking fun the entire time. I think this is this is Guy Ritchie hitting his peak stride, and I love that this movie is so fast that it never stops long enough to just like see any of its own flaws. Uh, and to me, it is part of one of the reasons why it has stood up to repeat viewings after 24 fucking years. It's not a perfect movie, but goddamn, I can't find anything wrong with it. It's a 10. Good man. Wow, two tens. You want to go next or you want to go last, Christian? Yeah, I can go next. Uh, yeah, I think this is a really good movie. I think it's really entertaining. I think it just... Yeah, I don't know. It just it just goes and it doesn't stop. And and that line you just said about how it doesn't stop to examine it to to look at its own flaws or whatever you just said, Mike. I I think that's really true. Um, because if I had to sit and like think about what I don't like about the movie, it would be really hard for me to come up with something. But at the same time, that doesn't make I don't know that that makes this a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's entertaining, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's really it's it's very enjoyable. There's a lot that I love here, and I think there's a lot that you can study and learn from this. Um, but yeah, I, I I cannot actually put my finger on what it is about it, but I don't think it's a mess. I I don't know. Um, I just think it's a fun, silly movie. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's there's definitely a place for that. But I don't know. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm gonna give it an eight. Um, I feel like just because it doesn't stop and you don't really get a moment, um, that doesn't mean that it's not too long. And it's crazy because it's only what 94 minutes. It's yeah, hour 48 or something. Like or that. hour 44. Yeah, yeah it's something yeah. like that. It's something. It's not. It's not very long. But at the same time, it's long. And you're just like, okay, let's take a break, though, just for like a little second. So, yeah, I'll give it an eight. I think it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Do you actually think it's really long or is it just like the energy level is so high it gets yeah, exhausting? Yeah, I think it's that. Exactly. Yes, that's what it is. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I get that sometimes with Michael Bay movies. When they go over two hours, oh. I'm like, oh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. I've had enough. I can't take any more. Yeah. I, I do get There's a, a sweet spot to that level of, of kinetic energy film. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm going to give this a 10. Um, again, sorry, uh, sorry, Gavin Collins. Uh, didn't mean to, uh, <laughs> you know, do, do snatch, uh, you know, we're, do, we're meant to do layer cake, uh, you know, maybe next time. Um, long story short. Yeah. It, this is a great movie. Uh, it's G- Guy Ritchie's, um, filmography. Yeah. He's not Stanley Kubrick, but he's, he's good enough director. He understands like 
story. He understands pacing. He understands just just basic fundamentals of like where to put a camera, how to make it interesting, yeah. how to how to make characters interesting, give them things to do in frame. People are always busy in this movie. If you look at uh, actors that are in frame, if they don't have any lines, they 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 have busy motion. They're doing stuff. I like that. That makes the movie enjoyable to rewatch again, especially in a uh, like a co- mostly comedic movie. There's violence in this movie, but it's I, know, I would say most of it's off screen. I can't think of anybody you yeah. really see die. You see, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Do you do you see do you see Boris cut the hand off, or do you see the? No, that's off screen. Yeah, okay, so. yeah. So yeah, it, most of it's off screen. I mean, outside of the violence, like this is really just like a, a comedy film. You know, there's a, there's a little something for everyone, except for maybe women. Uh, not a lot of <laughs> female re- representation. Um, but you know, I'm sure women like to watch guys do terrible things and, and all go to jail at the end. Um, <laughs> Jason Statham's Brad great. Pitt. Uh, what? That's for the women. Brad, Brad Pitt's for yeah, but this is like scuzzy <laughs> no, Brad don't give Pitt. Us him. Yeah. Come on. You- oh. <laughs> Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt. All right, yeah. that's the Brad Pitt we think of. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. God, he's so gorgeous in that movie. Anyway, man, uh, that, where he does the hat thing with the water. God, oh, so right? yeah. <laughs> see, that was a fedora, right? Oh, fucking sexy. Yeah, hat. now that's a fucking hat. <laughs> Those gloves. <laughs> oh, gloves. Oh. Damn, sorry, I could, I could talk. Oh, sexy motherfucker. I know, right? Oh, such a beautiful man. When he's got long hair, he's just gorgeous. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's 10. Though perhaps a case of style over substance, Guy Ritchie's second crime caper is full of snappy dialogue, dark comedy, and interesting characters. Rotten Tomatoes brings in Snatch with a 74% tomato meter and a 93% audience score. Wow. People fucking love this. I get it. It's a feel-good comedy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's the feel-good movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it is a comfort movie. So with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll also, we're also taking last-minute you know, listener requests, suggestions, requests, whatever. We'll actually do it this time. Yeah. Not not <laughs> movies that we think you said, but the actual movie <laughs> That you said, maybe <laughs> let's not get carried away. All right, Jared, where can the audience follow you? Uh, Brian, the audience can follow me on Instagram at check the gate. Griggs, where can the audience follow you? I'm on Instagram at Griggsy Media. That's G R I G G S Y Media. And Kristen, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can find me on uh, on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, I don't know what we're going to close out the show tonight with. I found that flute song that they play in the movie that's really dope, but I don't know who the fuck wrote it or composed it. So I feel bad. About... Some flautist? Yeah. Um... <laughs> flautist. In the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. Come again. You know what? Let's 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 play that awesome bass track that kind of opens the movie. Uh, I think it's called Diamond. Hmm. 86 carat diamond? Yeah, I don't know who, who fucking wrote this song. This is what happens when you don't bring up uh, iTunes beforehand. All right, so we're going to be playing Diamond performed by, no way, Clint. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, the first time go, I read Clint. it, I thought I said, I thought it said Clint. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Clint. Wait. I mean, Clint. And the guy Clint Clint performs Clint. for yeah, Snatch. Just yeah, right? too much Snatch in your brain. <laughs> Thank you.
Do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an honourable cunt, me.